A Russian ballerina stopping on a bureaucrat. A perky suburban housewife who just got into scat. It's whimsically volatile. Hey everyone, how you doing out there? Hope you're hanging in there. We got the election next week. Fingers crossed it's all going to work out the way it's supposed to, right? But it's a tense time and Halloween is weird, but hopefully you're enjoying some horror movies and all of that. I'm thrilled to have Tega on the show. Of course, many of you know her from her TikTok magic. And before we get into that chat, I'm just going to tell you about the wonders that await you at patreon.com slash Craig and Friends. Yes, patreon.com slash Craig and Friends, the home of Hot Dog Club, where you can get bonus episodes, listener questions episodes, and of course, the Movie Club episodes. Now, new Movie Club news. The Witches of Eastwick Movie Club featuring Peaches Christ will be dropping for Halloween. The 9 to 5 Movie Club featuring Jake Shears and Karen from Finance went up last week. And in November, I'll be joined by James St. James, Jake Shears, and Crystal for the Labyrinth Movie Club. Yes, that's right. Labyrinth is coming to Movie Club for David Bowie Christmas. More info on that to come. But there will be a Videodrome Discotheque David Bowie party spectacular happening on the interwebs on Christmas Day. In the meantime, head on over to patreon.com slash Craig and Friends now to get in on the Labyrinth Movie Club. Also, Live from Lockdown is back if you enjoyed that show. It is now a feature of the dollar tier, and it's going to be renamed during this time because why? Well, never have I said and never will I say during this time more than during this time. Please rate and review on your podcast app. And of course, the five-star rating is the most sophisticated, and you are a sophisticated crowd. And of course, you can find me on Instagram at Craig and Friends Pod, on Twitter at Craig and Friends, and on TikTok at Craig and Friends. So, with all of that out of the way, it's time to get into my chat with TikTok sensation and inspiration, Tega. And we're going to start things off with the audio of the TikTok that started it all. This is a public service announcement for all of you, everyone, everywhere. Are you having a bad day? You are not. You are a bad bitch. Continue. Is your depression hitting hard? I know. Continue. You can keep going. You can do this. Continue. You can do it. You are a fighter. You are strong. You are smart. And you are wonderfully made. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Keep going. Keep going. You can do it. Continue. Auntie, uncle, on this edition of Whimsically Volatile, I am pleased to present an inspirational gem of a lady who takes a bad day and makes it better, turns those frowns upside down, and most importantly, helps us all to continue. Please put your hands together and help me welcome the one, the only, the Tega. Welcome, Tega. Love that intro. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad. I'm happy to hear it. I guess I got to tell you, I've gotten a, a, a lot of enjoyment and inspiration from your work. Oh, thank you. Uh, it honestly, it shouldn't have blown up the way it did, but it did. <laughs> I'm just letting it happen emotionally, not prepared, but it's it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> sure. I imagine it's quite a thing. I mean, the timeline is pretty tight. You put that video up when? And is there a name for that video? Um, September... 26 to be exact there is a name because actually i i physically had to copyright said video which is oh. another another <laughs> thing i didn't know i needed to do but apparently when a video goes viral and then people are like oh we love your video can we use it and i was like yeah sure and then people yeah. are like no yeah you kind of had to do that so that was an interesting thing i've learned as this video has gone viral and the timeline overall is pretty wild too, right? Because I'm brand new to TikTok, but you essentially are fairly new to TikTok because you joined up in March, right? 
Yeah, it was actually like five days before Michigan went down on quarantine. And like three days prior was actually the weekend. And like, I was really depressed and really sad. And I was like, I'm never going to join TikTok. (laughs) I don't know what demon possessed me. I don't know what spirit I was in, but I downloaded TikTok. And I was like, okay, fine. And like, I kind of hopped on it in like the positive realm of TikTok. And now I know there's different sides of TikTok. There's like king talk, book talk, coloring talk, food talk, moms who like to yell at each other talk. And I'm like, what, what? what, what? <laughs> a whole section of moms who just like to yell at each other. That sounds rather interesting. I would like to see that. I've not seen that side of TikTok. I have experienced queer TikTok and uh, the ADD TikTok and related TikTok alleyways. I'm thankful to the friends who sent me some clips that would sort of send me on my way, if you will, in the algorithm. Mainly, though, I'm just happy that I haven't seen any of the horrendous political stuff. And by horrendous political stuff, I mean people who support Trump. Yeah, I think the same thing was for me. Like, I wanted, like, political TikTok, but then, you're, like, you can either end up in, like, Trump or Biden TikTok. Or then, like, random people who, like, have political opinions TikTok. So I feel you on that one. And, yeah. like, you can get lucky and, like, you just vibe with whatever is on your For You page. You just let it happen. You let it happen, honestly. Exactly. Just relax and it'll come to you. It's funny. I had a bit of that resistance as well. I think I downloaded the app uh, around November and never really explored it outside of opening it once or twice and then sort of being confused or feeling assaulted by just the instant presence of some video and not really knowing how to work the interface. So to anyone out there who's avoided checking into TikTok because they think it's just simply people who lip sync or people who dance, it is that, but it's a lot more and uh, I've gotten a lot out of it. And it's kind of like, to me, the inverse of Twitter, which can be a real sewer of uh, negativity and depression. I loved it when I saw one of your clips where you said that the reason that you make those clips is to basically help yourself feel better and to inspire yourself. It started off as kind of a way to remind myself of stuff. And that video that actually went viral was just like, so I work in politics and I was like traveling between like my candidates, like location and my location, which is like a two hour drive, two hour, 30 minute drive every weekend. And so I was like, this is going to be a long day. I'm literally going to, like, you know, have to deal with potentially racist people, potentially, like, ignorant people. Like, let's not let this get me down. So I pulled up at this random rest stop. I've actually pulled up at this rest stop maybe, like, four times now. Yeah. Since the videos went viral and made multiple videos that I've actually gone viral. And I'm like, mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> this rest stop, it's my magical rest stop where I'm going to make viral videos. Um, and so I pulled over and I was like, I, like, I was thinking of the words the whole time I was driving there. And I was like, okay, let me record it. Let's see what happens. And I recorded it. And like, I posted it just kind of like in a weird way of just like, this made me feel better by saying it out loud and then watching myself. It made me feel a lot better and a lot more secure in the day. Mm-hmm. Posted it. And then like got to my location. It's like 7,000 likes. I'm like, oh crap. And it's like 30 minutes in a 30 minute window. That's like the highest my videos ever getting. And so it was just a message that people needed. And every single day that I've logged on on my TikTok, like every single time I've actually been on my TikTok, five to 12 people have liked that video in a second. That's per second now since it's been happening. And it's like commenting. And now it's on people's For You pages. And now people are telling me as soon as they open the app, it's there. So I'm like, TikTok, what are you doing? Are you setting me up for like, you know, a whole thing and you're not verifying me yet? There's now a whole thing of like, can we verify her? And I'm like, please that's a lot of pressure but at this point 
like I have no choice but like I also do enjoy making those videos like the videos every time I make them the motivational ones are for me like I made one last Saturday for mental health day and it was like I talk to my friend about this all the time. I feel like a burden to others, like with my health issues and with like work and life, I feel like a straight up burden to so many people. And like, she constantly reminds me, like, you're not a burden. Like you're not a burden. Your anxiety doesn't make you a burden. Your PTSD doesn't make you a burden. And like, I literally just did that. And I was just like, oh crap. Like maybe people want to hear this, like other than me want to hear this. So that was another video that really helped me. And it was inspired by like, you know, my surroundings, like my things that I'm dealing with. So, yeah. I think that's an important message because a lot of people might feel inhibited about putting out content because they have a worry. They think, well, no one's going to like this or people might judge me. But when you are as vulnerable as you can be, you actually touch other people because they resonate with your struggles, your issues, like you said. And ultimately, it's a way to deal with the struggles and issues that we all deal with. Now, you mentioned struggles, issues, and some medical concerns that you deal with. Would you mind elaborating a little bit on those specifically? Yeah. So um, originally about a year ago in July, um, I was like, oh my God, the story is so great. I actually have a YouTube video that I'm ready to post or repost. Um, I was actually like at my parents' house. I drove home and my boyfriend at the time, like we planned on like getting dinner. I'm sorry, getting lunch. So I came home, I took a nap and I was like, okay, I'm going to get some, I'm going to get a gym workout in and then we're going to go get food. And like I fell asleep and woke up and I was in like the world's like worst pain. It felt like someone was like literally stabbing me in the stomach and it didn't feel good. And like my boyfriend came over at the time and he was just like, you don't look really good. Like you look real pale. You look like you're in pain. So I was like, no, I'm feeling okay. And we just kind of sit there for an hour and it just keeps getting worse. So he finally takes me to the hospital. Hospital like there for hours. Don't give me any pain meds. Just suffering and the pain gets worse. Oh, oh, but they love to hold out on the pain meds, right? As if you're going to engineer a whole visit to the emergency room, sweating, crying, uh, curled over in a ball just to get a hit of some dope. Exactly. And like, I got to the hospital. So he finally took me to the hospital at like four. Didn't get into a bed until like six. And this is like, I live in like midtown Detroit. So I like, I went to the biggest like Henry Ford, which is like an inner city hospital, which of course it's going to take time. But that was the longest time. Like I've been there before and I'm like, that's the longest time I had to wait for something. Yeah. So then finally I get pain meds. Like I do like ultrasound testing, everything. I have pain meds at two in the morning the next day. (laughs) Like what? What? That is insane. I have been suffering. This is not fair. And so it's like four. My parents like finally call me like family members are there. My dad's there. It's like four in the morning. And they're like, yo, there's like something like chilling on your like left ovary. Like it looks like a tumor. We like actually need to go in and check it out. And I'm like, I want surgery. And they've doped me up to pain meds at this point that I like actually don't feel any pain or whatever is going on. So I'm like, okay, cool. Discharge myself, actually like drive myself to my parents' house and like I stay there. Wake up yeah. at two the next day. So this is like Monday at this point. So the timeline was like Saturday, Sunday, Monday at this point at 2 a.m. Wake up in the worst pain. Mm-hmm. And my mom like miraculously was at home and she's like, okay, I'm driving to the hospital. And the funniest part of the story is like, we are like a mile and a half from this hospital and my mom gets pulled over. And she's like, the cop looks at her and she's like, oh, you kind of like missed the light a little bit. She's like, yeah, my daughter's like in pain. Like, <laughs> and she like flashes the light on me. I'm like in full blown tears. Yeah. She's like, oh no, this cop then like turns on her car, drives like with the sirens on, which was the best thing ever because I actually like woke up the nurses. They got me in there really fast. They did the same tests and they were like, yeah, yeah it looks like it's a tumor. 
Um, went in, had surgery. Timeline is now Wednesday at this Oof. point. So they admitted me on Monday. Yeah. Um, chilled on Tuesday. And then Wednesday I had surgery in the morning. And it was 4th of July. I remember that. Um, and they were like, hey, like it wasn't a tumor. It was just your ovary that developed like seven or eight cysts. Um, and basically cut off blood circulation, which is like really dangerous because it died. And like, as it stayed in your body, it could be infected. So that's when I was like, one, spent like a month at my parents' place, which is the worst experience of my life because I love my African parents, but I have moved out and I've had my independence. And this is now like, my parents are like, we control what you eat. Hey, listen, we care about you. We're your parents. We know what's best for you. I find also that no matter how great your relationship is with your parents, it's about four days, five days max before it starts to chafe a bit. Yeah, and it was like, it wasn't bad for the first like week, but then it was like the point where like, I haven't seen sunlight in like two weeks. And my parents are like, you're gonna walk around the block. It took me 45 minutes just to make it down the block. Cause it's like, when they cut you open in the way that they cut me open, it was like a whole C-section operation basically. Sure. Was like, my abdomen has never felt the same way again. <laughs> right. um, it was weird, the whole experience was weird, but that was when I was officially diagnosed with um, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, just kind of now chilling with my one ovary by the name of Sarah. I named them just to mostly feel connected <laughs> to them yeah, now. Yeah. Um, but um, it caused like hormonal anxiety and depression. What a fabulous recipe to go into a pandemic with. Pandemic and pe- nope, it was not a thing. It w- nope. I I still suffer with like the entire month of March and April because I actually ended up like getting coronavirus. Like what? Oh my God, you had COVID as well. I made a video a little bit. I haven't posted it yet. Something I'm going to post later on. But um, I think I contracted it like last middle of March, but I didn't start seeing symptoms until like first week in April. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it lasted, the experience lasted a whole month for me because it was like it started with headaches for a week, then fever started, and then it started the breathing problems and fatigue. And then I actually officially had to quarantine in my place because I actually got to the point where like I did the test and I tested positive. Um, and that was, I found out I tested positive in the hospital because I could not breathe. So they oh took me God. to the hospital. They're like, you got coronavirus. I'm like, how? I have been at home <laughs> since February. I have not gone anywhere. I haven't seen friends. Right. And, you know, with all of that, like, you know, PTSD trauma, like grief trauma I've dealt with, um, assault trauma I've dealt with, like, it's just so many issues. And I just like, Somehow my therapist sits there and is like, how are you a functioning human? And I'm like, I honestly don't know. <laughs> sure. I yeah. really don't know. Yeah. But, you know, all like everything that's happened to me and all the issues that's happening to me, it's still happening to me. Like today, I actually met with a gastrologist because I've been dealing with like stomach issues that have been sending me to the hospital. And like, basically like what's happening is like the gas has been trapped in my stomach and has been putting pressure on my heart. Wow. Um, like, you know, causing heart and breathing issues. So I finally went to like my final appointment today after having surgery and they're like, you look pretty good. I was like, yeah, the new medication is working wonders for my stomach and my heart. Um, and, you know, I kind of got the all clear of like, you know, keep taking the meds. It should, yeah. suck. It should be good. But like every single traumatic event for me kind of leads into like one, a moment of inspiration one, a moment of positivity, because it's like, I sit there with the most negative thoughts, but then I surround myself with the most positive people that yeah. keeps me being positive, you know? And I guess like in a weird way, someone asked this question, like, how do you say so positive? I'm like, I'm not positive all the time. 
Well, no, I saw that video and it really resonated with me. And I think it's an important thing to share with people as well that despite, you know, coming across as a very upbeat person, which, you know, you are, that doesn't take away from you being that, you do have the downtimes. And I think that anyone who has dealt with the suffering, whether it's mental or from exterior sources, the benefit of that is that you realize how important it is to fight to to have an optimistic outlook because it's not easy. Exactly. And it's like not even like about like poverty. It's just being in a solid mindset where you're just like, it's okay. Like, I feel like my yeah. videos created a, like a mindset of it's okay. Like you don't have to be super happy. You don't have to be super negative. And like, there's moments in between where like I make videos where I'm super happy. Like I made a bunch of videos yesterday where I was super, super happy. But then this morning, like I read the comments. I have to read the comments because sure. I get racist trolls. I get like neo Nazis. I get like really rude Trump supporters. Oh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Rude Trump supporters. I mean, I've not heard of that before. What's that's crazy talk? <laughs> My video about like reviewing food. It's like Trump turning turning. I'm like, this is not about politics. I'm confused. And just for contextual purposes, what was the video that spawned all this nastiness? Because your food videos are just very fun and engaging, lighthearted fare. It started actually with a video in the past, like way past. I don't even know exactly when I filmed it, maybe give or take June. Sure. It was like a get guy video. It was this, I love her actually. She's this Amazon lady who buys Amazon products and reviews them. And so it was like her using like tools that like all of this could be replaced with a single knife. So that's when I started. And then it caused a controversy a little bit. It was like, this promotes to people. This is for people with disabilities. I'm like, yeah, but this woman is promoting it to like able-bodied individuals. Sure. And I made that comment. And then people were like, Trump 2020. So like, now I know how to like filter out those comments. And like, in working with politics, I don't hate anyone. Like politically, I sit here and I'm like, I don't care if you support Trump, a snail, Joe Biden, the tree in your backyard. <laughs> right. Just please vote. Don't sit there and then be like, I didn't vote for both of them, but I hate this. I'm like, no, because right. you have the opportunity to vote. So that's my stance politically where I stand. I'm just like, I know politically my beliefs and how I feel like people should vote, but my opinion does not matter in this case because everyone should just have a right to vote and go and vote. Right. Um, so I kind of made that a video about explaining that. And then it started bringing all like, you know, political people and they're like, oh my God, this is respectful, you know? It's like, sure. my belief is this and this. And I'm like, I, I understand. And then yesterday I made a video basically reacting to this girl cooking um, a sandwich for her boyfriend. And I didn't expect it to like, she's making a whole like KFC fried chicken sandwich thing for yeah. her boyfriend. I'm like hyping her up because I'm like, yes, go on girl. Like continue. <laughs> I, I was like, I love to see it. Cause she was like, make me a sandwich. She's like, no, I'm gonna make you a whole dinner. Like I'm wifey material. I'm like, yes, <laughs> continue. Yeah. So it just woke up to like super racist comments of like, oh my God, it's like you're breaking the mold of like, um, you're like reinforcing the mold of like, these are only certain type of white girls can season their food or cook food. And then oh. like the comment section just got worse. And then I'm sitting here like, do y'all not actually watch my videos? Like right. a majority of the people I actually review are white right. or people of color. It's mainly like white people actually. And like, it's never anything negative. And right. I don't sit there and like cherry pick who I review. It's actually like, I've gotten to the point where I'm reviewing things that I'm getting tagged in <laughs> sure. by people. Because people want to see your reaction. 
Exactly. So it originally started with just like me going through and like certain hashtags like food lover or food chefs on TikTok to the point now that I don't have to like cherry pick what I'm reviewing. It's literally what people want me to review. And I do it in an honest way. Like, I'm sorry, like I've made this point. It's like, if you're going to make Nigerian food, be prepared to be roasted to Kingdom Come. <laughs> be emotionally prepared. Because if you're going to cook it wrong, then you're going to cook it wrong. And I'm going to tell you because that's yeah. my culture. But if you're yeah. cooking like, you know, an Italian dish, I'm also going to roast you because I love Italian food. Exactly. And if it's something that involves chocolate, you will make sure to say that it looks lovely. However, if you eat it, it will kill you. Exactly. Like people keep tagging me like chocolate related things. I'm like, what sibling did you talk to? <laughs> like no one knew about my chocolate allergy. And then I started seeing like random acts of me like, I'm like, <laughs> Who exposed me? Who exposed <laughs> me? I literally posted in the group chat, like, who did it? And everyone's yeah. like, it wasn't me. And I was like, I'm going to find out at Thanksgiving when all my siblings are together. Yeah. I'm going to make a crap ton of reaction videos. I literally yeah. told them Thanksgiving Day, just be emotionally prepared to be on my TikTok. All of you. And, uh, you know, we know how it works at Thanksgiving. They're not going to be able to hide it. The, the culprit is going to be exposed. Exactly. And speaking of family, of course, I'd like to talk about your heritage because you've grown up in your short 22 years. You've spent a tremendous amount of time in three very different cultural centers. So let's talk about that. You were born in Nigeria. Yeah, born in Nigeria, but raised predominantly in the UK. Um, I originally moved to America when my mom passed away. Um, I was 13, so it's been about like maybe four or five years. My dad got remarried, so we relocated here. But like when I moved here... It was like, everyone was like, oh my God, she's British. She's so British. She's like, I'm like, calm down. And it was like, there was a mix of, we love you because of your accent. And then there was a mix of, we hate you, you're British. And like, people understand like the vibe, which just like, they don't really like British people or they really love British people. So from there, I was surrounded by my like American siblings. And it, I was already code switching before I came to America. Like I was code switching between a British accent and a Nigerian accent. So now it's like I've come to America and now I can learn how to code switch from a Nigerian accent to an American accent and adding my British one in because I actually just did that in a video accidentally and people were like, was there a voice changer? Like, what just happened? <laughs> Multiple times. I'm like, you kind of have to explain it because people are just like, oh my God, she's so disingenuous and like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, it's code switch. I'm sorry. But like, your Italian friend does not speak the way they do with their Italian family. Right. You're friend does not you know do that and it's just really weird because as a black woman it's like i'm getting more of the bashing for code switching sure. compared to you know other counter people who do it like a korean person could code switch from speaking korean to like sounding very american and they wouldn't have an issue with it but like sure. as a black woman code switching between three different accents the world literally freaks out and i'm just like why you do it to just not deal with the questions i think i think i adopted the accent and was able to code switch to an american accent just because like it gets like what part of england are you from what was it like getting in england like, well if i just sound american then like americans will just leave me alone and that was the mentality i started with and like it's it's totally fine like even then it was like i came to college and like then it added an influence of like now i've code switched to like a peppy american sorority girl to just a regular american girl like yeah. that thing so now there's an additional layer of that and like you just do it to kind of adapt you don't want you do it not to have the questions not to sure. be 
you know, the center of the spotlight. I've never wanted to be the center of the spotlight. I was like, I've always said, like, I'm not the main character. I'm like the sidekick that people forget that they have a sidekick. <laughs> um, that has changed. I yes. am the whole main character. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going there anytime soon. And you can see the longevity already, you know, the continued interest in your work. Also, the people that have shared your videos because they resonate with them and they know that it's going to resonate with other people. No, I was like, that's my hope, honestly. Yeah. Upworthy, an account who I'm working with, well, I'll tell a little project later, um, but who I'm working with, they just, the the girl actually, the social media person was on TikTok, saw my video, saved my video and shared it the day after the debate. And she was like, everyone needed this. And I was like, oh, <laughs> she didn't remember me at the time. But then when I added her, cause she was looking at my, looking for my Instagram name based off my TikTok name, which is completely different. Then like I messaged them, I was like, thank you for sharing my video. She's like, oh, we found you and then added me. That's when Jennifer Gardner was able to share my video because she told me she wanted to wait until they found me to at me because it would gotcha. be weird not doing it. Totally. And so I woke up from a nap, my phone is blowing up and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> and someone on TikTok is like, yo, Jennifer Gardner like straight up shared her video. I'm sitting there heaving on my floor, <laughs> calling my best friend, like, what is happening? And she's like, hey, are you okay? I'm like, no. <laughs> I sent her a screenshot. She's like, are we talking about Jennifer Gardner? I was like, yes. And I was like, oh. and then she was like, and then we sit here looking at each other and she screams at her now husband. Yeah. And she's like, oh my gosh, Jennifer Gardner shared her video and then calls her mom. And I was like, so you hang up the phone to call your mom and sister to tell them I get shared. But like, we're not still having our interaction. And like the whole day just went up and up and up. My follower count started at 800 because it was only like, open to like my family and friends, but I just yeah. opened it up like that day as kind of like a way to just, you know, have my TikTok followers follow me. Yeah. And by the end of the day, I was at 12,000. I'm like, how did I go from literally 800 followers on Instagram to 12,000 people? <laughs> yeah. And then it just blew up from there. I've seen it on Netflix producers, um, Instagram page. I've seen it on a real housewife of, Atlanta's page, a real house, another real housewife's page. I've seen it on people around the world's pages. I have seen it on a E News um, host's page, which was actually my favorite because I actually love him. I think he's great. Oh yeah. Um, and that was one of my favorite ones too. And then the Viola Davis one, I literally keeled on my floor. <laughs> I was like, Did "Miss, how to get away with murder? Find my video and share it." She didn't just share it on her, like, Instagram. It was on her Twitter, and it was on her Facebook. So I then sat there and literally was on my floor. On my floor, just screaming. <laughs> I literally, like, every time I scream because something big happens, I sit there and I'm like, my neighbor hates me. <laughs> because I've been screaming for two weeks straight after everything big yeah. happened. Yeah. And so just it's been really great because people have reciprocated this message in such a good way and it's universally not dying down it's not going to die down like the continuum right. is now a movement and i'm like this was not a movement it was me <laughs> at a rest stop not right. a movement <laughs> but i feel let it become a movement because people need a message like this in the time it needs and mm. it was just perfect timing from Upworthy, from Jennifer Gardner, from Viola Davis. Just celebrities have kept me relevant to the point where I have some really exciting projects that I'm ready, hopefully, to release on October 30th. Oh, fantastic. 
is a game plan. Um, because everyone keeps like in the comments, anytime I post a video, it's like, so when's the merch? And I'm like, calm down, okay? <laughs> everyone is worldwide. I don't want to do US only. And then like people from Canada are like, I'm hurt. And I'm like, let me figure it out. Yeah. And um, as of right now, the plan is like October 30th. I really want to drop a podcast. Nice. Um, continue. Oh, perfect. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's the best. Because I was going to be like Tiger reacts to the podcast, but I'm like, nah, let's start with continue. Because I want to do like a, just a genuine, motivational, in-depth, all-through-me podcast. Um, and then I have a YouTube channel where I'm going to be dropping more videos and introducing a good chunk of my family members. And um, me and my mom are going to cook traditional Nigerian food and answer questions. Um, and then the hope is to also release my blog at the same time. So mm. the entire October 30th, at different periods during the day, I'll be dropping different things. So like the day hopefully should start with like the merch once we've kind of had to finalize. So like it should be offered in stickers, prints that people can like print out and put on picture frames. Yeah. And then a long sleeve, short sleeve t-shirt and crew neck and then a hoodie and then hopefully, if that does really well, we're dropping into like laptop covers, mud, nice. things like that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The hope for like the merch line is to really give back in the way that I've received. So I'm hoping to donate like 20% of that to Children's Miracle Network, which is really cool to my heart. Um, and donate it to their entire like hospital funds and like raise money that way. Because I'm like, I'm kind of that person that's like, this is something good. Like, let me use my good for something good. Yeah. Um, this is where I can additionally do more good. And then hopefully every month I'm going to release something new and a portion of that proceeds will go to a charity of my choice. Which is wonderful. And you're clearly very civic-minded. You mentioned working in politics. When did you start getting interested in politics? It was my sophomore year of college. I actually, um, our college hosts like a dem fair for like internships. And so I originally started there. Um, I was another, I went to the fair. I actually like met a couple of people, dropped a couple of resumes. One actually called me back and like they were looking for an intern, which is like unpaid. And I was lucky enough to have a job at the time. Um, so, like, I started working at that job, and then another job called me, and they were like, here's a full-paid position. So I ended up working a consulting um, agency job and then a um, field director job, and that was my first experience. And then from there, like, I cycled on into, like, doing comm work. Um, starting last year, October, I actually joined a academy to train you to be a campaign manager, even though I 
already had the experience of a campaign manager. It was just the additional knowledge and networking. And then I got my job again, working as a campaign manager. I actually worked on three campaigns up until August, but then like two of my constituent, um, two of my candidates lost mm-hmm. one of them, which was like, yeah. Um, so then I kept going from there and I've been going from there and it's still super stressful, but I'm super excited um, to kind of make a change because it looks like this district has been like a democratic district for over a hundred years. And so it's like his chance to really flip it. And it, it really is his chance. And like, I don't know, in a weird way, like, I'm like, I'm making history is the vibe I have with myself. So. And what's the name of your candidate? I can't say his name. I don't want to oh, say Oh, okay. No, gotcha. Gotcha. For privacy reasons, like maybe after like the race is over and stuff, I will say his name, but like he, he's not on my, he's not on my, Insta- he's on my Instagram, but I haven't said his name. Um, but then my, on my Facebook, people know his name because my Facebook is primarily just my family and friends, and that's where I'm going to keep it. That's the move, right? I mean, Facebook can be fun with friends and family, particularly those you don't see that often. It's a specific thing. And when it gets muddied by semi-strangers spouting off all kinds of bullshit, who needs that? Yeah, exactly. Like I've, I've been getting into so many fights. I literally had to explain to someone the difference of why, like, private owned businesses can do whatever they want when they were like, Oh my God, this is censorship. Why are you putting this on Trump's thing? I was like, it's not censorship. They own said company one. So they can choose the level of freedom of speech is there, but they were telling you this is false information. Like, how are you getting mad at it? Like they're not even taking down the post. They were like, it's false information. Um, and that's the thing with my Facebook. It's family and friends. And we can get in that argument. We still love each other. Yeah. This woman, we did not love each other. She removed me. And like, I called her out and I was like, dude, like, it's not even about like Trump versus Biden or whatever. It's literally about the fact that it's a privately owned company and someone's giving like wrong information to a large platform. Right. Uh, and like my political knowledge just kept going from there. And I basically was just like, I will start educating my family members. But then yeah. my family members are like, and friends are predominantly like Democrat liberals um independent individuals and then i have like people who are trump supporters and like i don't hate you because you like support trump but just understand that if you back certain things like you know you're like segregation should be a thing i'm like we're not friends (laughs) yeah i can uh, understand that it's a good reason for a very hard pass instant block exactly so that, that's where I kind of am. I'm just kind of a neutral person when it comes to people's political views. Like, I'm not going to judge you because of that. Now, do you have a particular party affiliation, political affiliation? I'm Nigerian. That's my political affiliation. Fair enough. I, sure. That, I feel like that's just a good way to put it because it's just like, I came from different levels of government and my viewpoint is very different. Sure. You have a more global understanding, too, of just things in general. Exactly. Like I sit here and I'm like, the two party system, it it really isn't working for America. That's my honest opinion. I think it's just like coming from London where there's multiple parties. I mean, coming from the UK where there's multiple parties, it works for them. But in the US, it's not really. And then based off of like the education I know in the US, like your founding fathers did not want a two party system. So like, come on, dudes. Um, But that's just my from a worldly perspective, I've been with corrupt governments, system of governments that work, system of governments that don't work, system of governments that are still trying to figure themselves out. So I just base myself like my political viewpoint is Nigerian because I just come from 
you know, X, Y, and Z and have too many viewpoints to fit into a category yeah. and be labeled as I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican, and I'm like an independent. I just say I'm a Nigerian. Another distinct advantage I think you have in both the TikTok creation and in politics is that you have an outsider perspective because you've come from different lands and lived in different cultures. And anytime you do that, you're able to observe and analyze people and the, the way they work in a completely different way from someone who's never left the area they grew up in. It's been great trying to share my experience with people, like growing up in an African household, growing up in the UK, growing up in America, from growing up in the UK, seeing the different levels of education. Like I came here and like I've learned things a year and a half. So I'm sitting here like in a different level English class a year younger than my people in that class. Sure. Um, the UK system of government is different. So um, UK system of education is different. So when I came here, I was like a year ahead. I was like in year eight at this point, mm -hmm. uh, which is like the eighth grade. And like my stepbrother at the time is a year lower, but the same age. So like he's sitting there mad as heck. He's like, she should go down. I was like, why should I go down to make you feel better? <laughs> my education level is like, completely different you know yeah. and, and it was also there was also challenges i'm not gonna lie like learning how to like use american money is a little challenging yeah. oh i know i mean i remember being in france for two three days and i had trouble with the euro also the exchange rate in england anyways bananas but that i could get a handle on but when i was in iceland that really threw me and i think i was there for about a week and it only took me about five days to even kind of understand because you know the decimal point doesn't even mean the same thing yeah, that's the same thing for me when it comes to the euro. I'm like, I still get confused when it comes to euro. Like, I still have a converter on my phone. I'm like, how many Nijas is this to this? How yeah. many euros is this to this? <laughs> so it's really complicated. And I'm just like, I totally understand. But it was, it was great. I think I came to America at a good age where I could learn. I have, I guess, assimilated into the society, but also kept my roots. I've also kept my culture. I've sure. also kept who I am, but I've also grown. I've been through a lot. I've grown a lot. I sit here like Tiga, who was a freshman in college, and Tiga now, she's actually so different. You know, I was like emotionally like closed in. I was awkward. Um, I was going through like a black girl emo phase. Um, I thought I was cute with these bangs. They were not cute. <laughs> to now, like, you know, I have gone through a lot of trauma, but is now embracing what she's going through and enjoying my natural hair, which I thought was ugly. I, like, I always said to myself, like, I'm not that pretty, you know. But then I sit here and I'm like, no, I'm a whole meal right. and mint on the side because I'm that person. Like, I have to remember that, like, I am a great individual and I have to keep telling myself that as the days go on, but I never felt that confident four years ago, five years ago, sorry, freshman year, but a lot has changed. I've been able to grow and I'm glad that I was able to grow here in America because it changed a lot of who I am. And I think it created the person I am today. And really you kind of educate people while you're entertaining and inspiring them because maybe they're coming across this thing for the first time, code switching, et cetera. Yeah. That's the thing too. Like I, I made a video because people keep getting shocked about the code switching thing. And I had to physically explain. And when I did, it actually went viral, which is good. And it went viral in a way that like people were having discussions in the comments. 
you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Like, there were great, like, cultural professors in my comments. Like, I agree with her statements. Yeah. Like, this happens a lot. There are people who do exactly what I do. There was people all across the world. And it's great to just sit there and read the comments of people like, this is a new experience for me, but it's not an experience that other people don't have, you know? It's not an unknown experience to many, but it's not discussed, maybe. Yeah, and I'm blessed to be able to use my platform to, like, share that um, and, like, you know, bring people in the world of, like, they are different people. they are people who sound different than you. <laughs> Welcome. We embrace you with love. Also, your agility at uh, switching between the dialects uh, points out what a great ear you have. Yeah, and, like, um, growing up, like, I played musical instruments, too. Like, I can hear the different pitches in my voice, too. Like, do I sound a lot higher? Do I sound like I'm from, like... So like Manchester, do I sound like I'm like a different New Yorker type of thing? Yeah. Like you can hear the different pitches of my voice. Like, is it too high? It's weird. And like you adapt to those situations and I've learned to adapt to those situations. So yeah, no, definitely. Have you ever noticed, uh, noticing the micro differences in your own voice from video to video or piece to piece? It's something I definitely notice when I'm editing shows that might maybe were recorded early in the day or late in the day or just after a cold or a cry or something like that. Yeah, even even in work meetings, I sound a lot peppier than I am or I feel. And even in my videos, my videos are the one things that I notice because I watch every single video back before I like put in drafts because I pre-record the videos. I'm that person who wakes up at like 8 a.m. in the morning before my work day, films for, like a crap ton of videos that I can post during the day. And then like after I'm done with my work, work day, I um, film a crap ton of videos that I'm also going to post throughout the day and stuff like that. And so I can hear the different tonations in my voice throughout sure. the day when I'm recording. And after every single video I record, it actually sounds different. Like no video, no one video sounds the same. My voice does not sound the same. There's slight things like I could have a cold. So like my voice could be a little more crackly or whatever, but every single video does not sound the same. I kind of want to do like a time thing where like, um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be know, fun. That'd be a lot of fun actually. Yeah, yeah. Like edit like, um, the words together, like how they would like um, the WAP song and then they'll edit parts, like take parts of different people's videos and put it together to make the WAP song. Like I want to do that with my videos in like a weird way. Let's get into some of the food stuffs though, because you are a passionate cook and you want to tell the world about the importance of seasoning. So let's get into the importance of seasoning and what people should do to season their dishes. The importance of seasoning comes from my parents. Um, my mom loves her food spicy, but she likes her food flavor. And, like, I'm going to be honest. Like, I understand, like, even with Gordon Ramsay videos, he doesn't just use salt and pepper on a dish. I've never seen him use salt and pepper on a dish. Just if that's no, there is different things that can add flavor to your experience of cooking. Like, I'm not an experienced cook. I'm just that person who loves cooking, was kind of forced into it culturally. It's like, sure you have to be that wife that can cook every single dish. Again, I'm still like 22 years old and there's still dishes I still need to know how to cook. So my cooking experience culturally is not, you know, fully ended. So I'm just, I when I tell people season your food, it's like there is garlic powder. There yeah. is fresh garlic you can use, fresh thyme you can use, um, dried thyme you can use, turmeric. Um, my love for turmeric has grown through my stomach issues because it's such a great anti-inflammatory thing that has been helping my food like you know really just kind of sit there in a good way so like i've learned to like love fresh and like you know grounded up turmeric and 
I'm also kind of like a bougie bitch when it comes to seasonings now because I go to Trader Joe's and I'm like, look at that onion salt. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> obsession with like Trader Joe's has grown. But that's yeah. also, you know, season your food. There's so much seasoning out there. Salt and pepper should not be your only seasoning. And my friends also agree because like I went to my friend's house and I saw Laurie seasoning and I was just like, I looked at her, she looked at me and I was like, continue my friend. And she's like, Correct. And I was like, yes, <laughs> the people around you to like add more flavor to what they're eating. Cause I sit there and I'm like, um, I don't want to roast, but my like ex-boyfriend's parents invited me over to dinner for the first time. She served me shrimp with brown sugar and soy sauce, which actually was the weirdest combination, but tasted amazing. Uh-huh. And then buttered noodles. And I sat there and I was like, buttered noodles. <laughs> Never in my life has someone served me buttered noodles. So I literally took the noodles into the stove. I like chopped up some onions, some bell peppers. I like looked at her cabinet. I saw some garlic powder. I saw some onion powder. I saw some rosemary, some salt and pepper. Chefed it up. And then she was like, what is this? And I was like, this is what I would call quick noodles. And she loved it because it wasn't just like some I guess, bland dish that she would normally have. Yeah. It elevated it with like four simple things. And an additional, like, yes, there was butter in there, but there was so much more and there was more flavor that she's never experienced before. You mentioned your ex-boyfriend and I saw a couple of clips where people were asking you about maybe going out on a date. So have to know, are you currently investigating or searching out a situation? No, I am just dating. I'm on dating apps. Like one, it's coronavirus. Two, I work from home. So there's no like going to a bar to like meet someone. And also I think I'm too awkward to go to a bar and meet someone, even though like I'm of legal drinking age, but I also don't drink, which is weird. Um, So I'm just kind of at the point where I'm on dating apps. I just, my biggest fear is like, if I match with someone and they're like, you're the girl from TikTok, I'm automatically unfollowing you. Like I'm you in the way of like, no. You know my videos, you know I exist, like, no, I can't do it. So I've kind of just at that point been, you know, meeting people, talking to people. I spend more time talking to people mm-hmm. and getting to know them before I actually go on a date. And most people are like, that's so weird. Like, you should just talk for a couple of days. I'm like, no, because I don't want a Ted Bundy experience and I don't want to be like in someone's freezer. Like, <laughs> it's not how I imagine my Friday evening. <laughs> so, like, I spend my time actually getting to know people one person from like um, TikTok has actually slid into my DMs ah. and I respect his guts for doing it. And we actually had a great conversation. We actually talked, but like, it's again, it was super weird because you slid in to my DMs from my TikTok. So I just chose become friends, but not continue on in a romantic way. And we've actually ended up being really good friends. It's nice to make TikTok buddies, right? And it's fun when there are people who share similar issues or interests, whatever it might be. I happen to make a friend on TikTok who also has ADD, and we were talking about some aspects of that. And then I saw one of their videos that inspired me to do a deep clean on my apartment because I'd seen a video of theirs where they documented the same thing. And it's nice, you know, you sort of can inspire each other a little bit. And also, people can share when they're having a real low moment, like you did in a video from this morning. I've already had a panic attack this morning. Out of nowhere, out of nowhere. This page is for good vibes. It's honestly for good vibes for me when I need it and when I'm in a state like this. So please, I'm begging you from the bottom of my heart, 
do not bring your hatred here. Do not bring your racism here. I mentally cannot tolerate it. I really can't. Just don't. Please don't. I'm tired. It's exhausting. It's a lot. So please do not. I emotionally, I am stressed. And I cannot deal with racist individuals on my page right now. I can't deal with bigoted individuals on my page right now. I can't deal with ignorant individuals on my page. So please keep your bullshit somewhere else. And I will continue posting positive content today. Okay? That one I was like emotionally not proud of in a way like I don't like being vulnerable, but I guess on my TikTok it's fine to be vulnerable. It's okay to be vulnerable. But as a black woman, you can't be vulnerable the way I am sometimes. And like that was a moment as a black woman, I sat there and I was like, I needed to be a bit stronger. But understanding that, you know, I posted the video, I let the video do what it needed to do, put a lot of people in a place of like, I am still a normal human being. I'm not happy all the time. And like, it's hard because like, it was just a back-to-back racist comments. There's always like every video I get a racist comment, but this was one video with at least 12 to 13 ignorant racist comments, which hit me really hard. Yeah, and you know, when things hit you like that out of the blue, when you don't have the firewall up, it can really send you, especially during this time. Exactly. Exactly. And it was like, I was kind of, I was also coming in defense of like another commenter. And then that's when the racist comments kept going. And I just sat there and I was like, please don't bring your negatively and racist comments to this positive page. It's not that difficult. It's not that hard, Susan. It's not. It's really right. not. Right. And like, so like I made that video because like one, I just had a panic attack. Like I woke up from like, you know, just having a panic attack. And then like I'm reading these comments and I have to read the comments because like one, I wanna like, there's kids on my page. Kids come to my page and I've noticed that a lot too. Like I don't want them to see this racist comment or this ignorant comment and think it's okay to say without, you know, backing up. I've had people call me the N-word. Someone called me Aunt Jemima. Someone was like, she thought she was pretty. I think the N-word one didn't hurt as the anti-Jemima one does. Because uh-huh. I said, and I'm like, that's kind of rude. Do you know the, like, historical connotation of anti-Jemima? Like, come on. And so this morning, I just felt like I needed to say something, and I did. And it was just met with support and with love and with understanding. And now, like, I actually read the comments, and they're like, okay, this comment section is past the vibe check. It is <laughs> vibe check. And I'm just like, y'all didn't need to do this, but I've grown a community of love and respect, optimism that's funny, that's inspiring. And that's what I want to keep doing. And that's where I want to keep going. And I think the video today really proved that, like, it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to, like, let your guard down and share with your fans that this is not okay. And it was okay, and it's well-received. I think before this interview, I checked, and it hit, like, 12K at this point. And I was like, not the plan again. <laughs> Why do you keep doing this, TikTok? Do you just, like, want me on people's faces? Is, is that they what do. You- they, they do, because you, you make everyone's day better. Like, I really mean that. And, and- <laughs> <laughs> I've learned it's good to be vulnerable and share your experiences. That's why I inspired inspired so many videos. And, like with having mental health, it's not really talked about on the app. And like the way I approach mental health on the app is actually well received. Like me post like panic attack, sharing this video really raw in my emotions that like five hours later I sat there and I was like, 
did I really just post that? <laughs> that people reciprocated in a way that they were like, I get you. I understand you. Keep going. You're positive. Like you're a ray of sunshine. I'm like, and people sit there and I got in so many messages of like, you are such a light in this world that we need. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the sound I made. And like, I'm again, I'm lucky to be surrounded and blessed by so many people. Like I live with two of my siblings and like, I was having that panic attack in the morning and one of my siblings actually like came from his room and was like, are you okay? And like, he knew the key to like help bring me down. Um, and I also like with the hormone issue, like it was brought on by my hormones. I knew. Sure. So he like, take a deep breath. Like you're grounded, feel your feet. It took like a good 15 minutes, to, like snap back into reality. But like, again, I was surrounded and lucky to have people like that. And like, we talked through that and they're like, maybe don't spend a lot of time on TikTok. I was like, TikTok has now become like a second part-time job, sure. but a job that I love to do. Yeah. Like I love doing it. Like every time I make a video, I'm just like, what, what is this? What, what are people going to say in the comments? And then people are like, this was what I needed. And I was like, this is what you needed. And it's been great. It's been great. So before we close out, I'd like to find out what you would tell people who want to do TikTok or maybe are interested but feel a little inhibited and they aren't sure exactly what they should be doing. Just do whatever you feel like doing. Like TikTok is a safe space where people aren't going to judge you for whatever you post. They most likely will just like whatever you post. And for me, like, I think one of the first tasks of the day for me now as a creator is to check through the comments and then prepare the like top two videos I'm going to post with at 9 a.m. Like I've started doing the thing where it's like 9 a.m. window, I'll post. And then like I have different chunks of windows where I post. Yeah. Which have kind of been working out because people are like, oh, I get to see your videos at different times of the day. Yeah. Maybe I missed the first one, but then the third one you posted might let me know to go back and check on your page. Oh, she's already posted two videos. Let me go watch those ones. So sure. it's now become that type of level of like, you know, posting. So maybe like a good habit might be like, hey, maybe like at 10 a.m. to take a break, I'm going to go on TikTok. I'm going to post a video that I recorded like maybe yesterday, you know? Yeah. And it's a good like break. And then you might spend like 20 minutes on TikTok, but it's fine. You've played various musical instruments. How about music that you like to listen to? What kind of bops do it for you? Ooh, okay. So I actually, it's on my bio i have to switch it around but on my tiktok bio i actually have a spotify playlist that i put together of like songs that i grew to during my lives yeah. i like playing music and just dancing around having a great time and answering questions but i guess based on that it's just based on the music i really love i when i'm in a really like as a okay my faith comes into play a lot in this situation but as like someone growing up Christian, like when I'm in a mood where I feel like, you know, the weight is on my shoulders. Yes. I listened to some Christian jams. Of yeah. course. Like I needed that. But when I'm just like, I need to dance, break it down. If I need to Afro beats is one of my favorite things to do. Like burner boy. Um, I did Kunle gold is one of my favorites. So when it comes to like modern pop people, um, Sam Smith, Ariana Grande, Drake. Sure. Um, are some of my favorites. Um, but yeah, definitely like pop music is what I like to listen to. Also, I'm kind of an oldies. Um, I like the song Brown Eyed Girl. Hmm. Um, something inspiring, um, inspiring is Clouds by Zach. I forgot, I can't say his last name correctly, but um, they actually have a movie about him released on Disney Plus, which I, I cried. I literally bawled my eyes out. It was so good. What about some favorite movies that you uh, return to when you need a little bit of a lift or just ones that have always done it for you in general? 
Ooh, favorite movies. Cheaper by the dozen one and two. Yeah. Love, 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 love. Um, I'm actually rewatching Marie Antoinette because I love, I don't know. I think she's her character in the way that like history portrays her is like, okay, cool. Um, but then like, she wasn't a horrible human being after all is mm-hmm. the way they like, portrayed her in that movie. So it's always, it's great. And it's quirky. I always like that, too, when you get a more rounded, comprehensive look at a historical figure, because we can sort of lock them into one type of person in our minds, particularly based on certain things that they've done. And uh, a lot of times we don't really know that much about them as a person. Yeah, agreed. Like, I'm actually watching The Spanish Princess right now, Mm -hmm. um, which is basically, like, stunning. I I sit here and she's a strong woman, and I'm like, compared to how she's portrayed in other versions of like the Tudor dynasty she's kind of like an asshole and I'm like oh like, <laughs> I, I get it okay like yeah. let's put her and put her in a new light um Queen and Slim I really love it um it was actually um a tradition with my siblings so every major holiday when we're together we go to the movies um so like it's typically been Thanksgiving Christmas Eve Christmas Day New Year's Day we all pretty much go to movies together and so Last year, I lost, and I was like, I really want to go see um, Knives Out. I really wanted to go see Knives Out, yeah. which is also one of my favorites. Um, but then they were like, no, we all want to go watch Queen and Sleep. And I was like, oh, I don't want to watch it. Watched it, and it broke my heart. <laughs> I loved it. It was beautiful. It was a modern-day, like, almost Romeo and Juliet, Bonnie, um, Bonnie and Clyde. It was absolutely stunning. And I would watch it again, but I'm waiting a year before I watch it again, so I don't ruin it for me. Oh, totally. Especially a go-to, uh, an old reliable that you hit whenever you like need that extra little bit of serotonin. You really don't want to uh, render it null and void. Exactly. So um, those are a couple of my favorites. I also am a classic person. I love Pride and Prejudice. Like, yes, I grew up in the UK. So of course I love like classical stuff like that. Um, love Pride and Prejudice, like all version of it, yeah. all versions of them have been really, really good. Um, when it comes to movies, Disney wise, I am a Mulan lover yeah I, mulan is the best disney princess you can at me you can fight me she <laughs> is the best disney princess hands down you mentioned coming across as uh, your typical peppy american sorority girl you actually were or are a sorority girl right yes um i'm still technically considered one because like i'm an alum so like it's for life basically that's right yeah that's i forget about that there's that whole thing about like you go back yeah. and visit and all those things Oh, I definitely go back and visit, like, ugh, I think a couple of times this year I have, maybe like four. I visited my chapter, I actually had fam- um, dinner with my family tree, which was really nice because we added a new person in. Um, but no, definitely a sorority. My sorority experience was pretty much life-changing. I met my best friends from there. I've met my future bridesmaids. And I know that's really like sorority girl stereotype to say, but I did. It gave me the confidence to be who I am. I was a little awkward and shyer my freshman year. I went through recruitment and I found some women who empowered me and really like supported me with whatever I was doing. Uh, Never judged me like, and were just right there when I needed them. Always, like always right there when I needed them, so. It's good to know that, and it's good to hear about that, because that's something that obviously I wouldn't know about, and a lot of people wouldn't know about, and much like the historical figures you mentioned, it's good to get different perspectives and a more rounded look at an institution like that. 
Yeah, I agree. I'm not saying like my sorority experience was all roses and, you know, there was times where like I didn't vibe with sisters in my chapter, of course, but then it still showed me that there were women who accepted me for my uniqueness and women who were willing to understand me, willing to be there in my like hardest times. Like I remember going through something really traumatic in February and two of my best friends who I met through my sorority were the first ones to take me to the hospital. They were there the whole time. They told me where I needed to go. They were with me holding my hand and I'm forever thankful for them. I don't want to say their names because I know that's like really private. It it was a really private thing that I don't feel ready to talk about. Sure. Having those women there, I wouldn't have met them if they weren't in my sorority one. Um, One of them I would have met because she was in a marching band with me, but the other no. But like without them, I think I would be in a lot of worse place. And they've been my constant supporters with TikTok um, with everything going on, they're they're constantly being like, we're super proud of you for just being yourself. And, you know, and, you know, a sorority gave me that. And it wasn't like about I'm paying for friends because it wasn't I was paying for friends. I, I got women who wanted to be my friends sure. through this organization. And this organization gave me leadership skills, confidence, um, an incredible group of women. And um, I'm forever thankful, honestly. So, yeah. Most important question. For the last question, what's your favorite thing to cook? Jollof rice. Jollof rice is my favorite thing to cook. I'm actually like for dinner, I'm having jollof rice and plantains. And for those who aren't familiar, what is jollof rice? So jollof rice is like a West African dish. Like Nigerians will say they make it the best. Ghanians don't. For any Ghanian who listens to this, you know we make a better jollof. <laughs> you just know. Um, but, you know, so it's kind of... um a rice cooked in a stew-based sauce, um, preferably tomatoes and onions, and it's flavorful and it's really, really good. It's known as the party rice because it's at every single party. Sure. Um, and that's where it kind of originated from. And it's cooked with heart because it takes time. Like, just to cook the sauce is a good hour. And then to, like, cook the rice slow and slow is another hour. And, like, it is a slow-cooked, really, really good dish. Um and I'm really excited to have it for dinner. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on. It's really been a delight talking with you. Uh, you are a light to so many uh, people, including myself. And I'm really looking forward to more of your TikTok magic, as well as your podcast, Continue, which is coming out very soon. Thank you. I'm, I'm really excited. I don't. I finished recording the first episode of Continue. Mm-hmm. And I actually love listening to it. <laughs> and I'm like, How am I going to top this? I know what you mean. I know both those feelings, but like, just continue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can, I respect that cash rise. I feel like it's just going to keep going and it's going to become a thing. So oh, thank yeah. you for having me. I had a great time. Um, this is one of the best opportunities I've had in my life. That's so lovely. Thank you, Tega. And uh, look forward to hearing more from you soon. For more, head on over to patreon.com slash Craig and friends, sign up and slide on into the Thunderbuns of Hot Dog Club. 